Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, Mark. Thanks for coming Thanks for coming on the air with us and talking about this. Good morning. Good morning. I know this was something that is very uh, difficult, but I know you feel that it's really important uh, to remember what had happened that day. Here we are 17 most, years later. Uh, most definitely. Definitely. You know, it is. Uh, in fact, as I listened uh, to your intro, it's, it's evoked quite a bit of emotions, but... Uh, but it is important that we remember all of those people that, you know, sacrificed, were sacrificed that day, and the families that they left behind, because they will be impacted forever. Well, you know, I saw your Facebook post, and, and you, like obviously everyone else, uh, went to bed the night before, totally unsuspecting, having no idea whatsoever that what was about to happen was going to change the course of history and, and the way uh, Americans live. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, in fact, sitting there as as we watched, uh, you know, in my office, that uh, second plane fly into the tower at that point, realizing that most definitely it was an act of terrorism, and, and actually had a discussion with some folks in my office as we watched. You know, people asked, could we be a target? And, you know, the answer was, sure, of course, but, you know, is it likely? <laughs> yeah. and, and at that point, we said no, we didn't think so. And your office was almost, I guess, literally a floor or two above where the plane struck the Pentagon. That's correct. Yeah, we were. My suite was three D four fifty, which was just about. And my office was just about in the center of that wing. So we were the second ring in from the outside of the Pentagon on the third floor. So plane pretty much went directly underneath us. All right. So that happens, um, and uh, obviously there's you. Know, it's unbelievable. Tell me uh, what you recall uh, those uh, first seconds after you heard uh, that noise. Did you immediately think that that was connected to what you were just discussing? Most definitely. I it, it, I knew exactly what had happened at that point, and and it was similar. I mean, if you've ever stood on a you know a metro station or or something like that in D.C. or a subway, and you feel a train coming in, you can feel the vibration more than you than you hear it. Uh, and that's what it initially felt like, uh, followed almost immediately by blackness as we lost power, and then a huge, massive explosion uh, that blew in all of our windows, uh, you know, pushed flames into our suite. And, and at that point, it was just a matter of uh, trying to gain control of what was going on and, and get people out and safe. So you were in charge of evacuating people out at that point? I mean, not that anybody was really, was it in charge or you just took charge? I, I, I did what I thought I needed to do at that point. And so, you know, I was, uh, I was a division chief and I had about 25 people who worked for me, but we were in a suite of about 100 120 people, I guess, and and I happened to be at the very end, the most internal portion of that suite. And so, you know, to me, it was just a matter of ensuring that everybody was out, uh, you know, kind of going desk to desk, uh, helping people out, getting them in out into the corridor and evacuate. And and then, as I saw people coming in off of the E ring at that point, uh, evacuating from those outer offices that were most impacted, uh, at some point, uh, it, it just 
seemed important that I go out there. And so I grabbed a fire extinguisher and, and ran out, and a couple people followed me. And we spent a period of time out there uh, clearing offices, searching offices, uh, guiding people out uh, until there was some type of, and I, to this day I'm not sure exactly what it was, but you know, the floor out in the, on the third floor was buckled, um, but passable. And there was some type of secondary detonation, not sure what it was at this point, uh, but at that point, I yelled for all of us that who were out there at that time to clear, and so we worked our way back in and out of uh, the third ring or the E ring and out into the quarter. And it was just I, I don't know, no more than minutes. I think it was seconds that those upper floors crashed down on top of where we've been searching. Uh, and, and you said yet, uh, and again on your Facebook post, you know, obviously confusion and chaos was rampant. But y you said that oddly, it seemed like there were times where you had what seemed like could not have been but seemed like minutes to make decisions I, and i don't know what what happens you know i've read about this uh, that people under stress for whatever reason for me it, it was exceptionally clear and and yeah it seemed like time moved very slowly uh, and that i could make very rational easy decisions yet i know all around me there there was bedlam and um you know i have to say that that despite all that and there were pockets of of that i'm sure but there were also many, many people who stepped up, many people who were kind of calm uh, and directed and and took charge and did exactly what they needed to do. You know, as I ultimately uh, came to the realization I needed to then go back to the designated meeting point for my office and account for all my people, I worked my way back through the center of the Pentagon and at that point, they were evacuating people in, and I can't tell you the number of people, how efficient the process was. People going back in, carrying victims out, uh, people there giving initial triage and medical care as we waited for uh, others to come in and to provide assistance. So, you know, despite all of the bedlam, there was a lot of care and caring and heroism that I saw that day. And you are one of those that is called a hero. Um, you also were awarded a meritorious uh, service medal. I know that uh, when asked about that, a lot of times you just talk about, you know, you you did what you thought you had to do. Uh, yes, exactly. Actually, <laughs> I found at my retirement ceremony three years later, my some people who were there that day had petitioned the Department of the Army to, to upgrade my award. And the, the one single award that hangs in my den is the Army Soldier's Medal. And 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 so while I'm proud, I'm also kind of embarrassed, you know, because I and humbled because I did what I felt I needed to do. But it's kind of surreal. My the meritorious service medal and my uniform are in the Pentagon remembering 9/11 uh, display, or not in the Pentagon, in the uh, Smithsonian. And so it's kind of surreal when when you're still alive and you're part of the Smithsonian. Man, that is amazing. Part of the it history. Is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So here we are 17 years later. What would you uh, want to tell people? What do you think is important? Because we say always remember, never forget. Um, uh, what would you want people to remember about that? Well, I, you know, again, I think it's about those individuals who who got up that day uh, not expecting uh, to not come home uh, or not expecting not to see their family and friends uh, 
from that day on. You know, that was a sacrifice that they all paid, and and it came as a result of a terrorist act. And those terrorists are still alive and out there. You know, in some cases, they're still out there uh, and and want to do us harm. And so I think, one, we should never forget those individuals who were lost that day and those who were severely injured and the families uh, that were left behind. Uh, but also the fact that, you know, there's still a danger out there, and, and we owe it to those who who were lost uh, to keep the focus on, on ensuring that this never happens again in our country. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned that, I think there's probably a good... Um uh, his, like a lesson for all of us, uh, which is just as you said, you get up that day, you don't know what's going to happen that day. Um, we heard about people in the trade center who were calling family members. You know, it's just a good reminder that every day we don't know what the future holds, and that perhaps we should let others know how we feel about them. Uh, you know, and I love you every day is always a good thing uh, for your family members. You just never know. Exactly right. You never know, uh, and and. And so I try and live that way and ensure that, you know, that I don't leave things unsaid uh, every day. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I, I want to talk about something else, because now you are at Lackawanna College. You're running things there. And uh, and in the news, um, there was a story about a, uh, a former student of Clark Summit University. He'd gone there when it was Baptist Bible College back in the early 2000s. Six credits shy, I guess, of a degree. And there was a story yesterday in the newspaper that talked about how he is not able to finish that degree because he is gay. And tell me about you reading this story and and, and what that, uh, you know, you, you went and took some kind of action about this. Tell me what that was. Well, yeah, and I, you know, actually, I, when I did this, I had no thought <laughs> that I'd be talking about it on the radio the next day or or in the newspaper. So, so I got up yesterday uh, and uh, was not feeling something. Well, actually, I spent the entire day in bed yesterday. Uh, but I, you know, I have a couple labs and they decide that when it's time to eat. And so I got up about four and uh, and saw this article in the paper and it just struck me immediately that that is what Lackawanna College is about. It's about providing opportunities for people uh, who want to better their lives. And and we've actually done this similarly uh, for other people in the past. And, and that is to, you know, look at what credits that they've taken, uh, be as generous as we can be in aligning those credits against degrees that we offer, and then you know, giving them the opportunity to make up the difference or not. I mean, we've we've awarded degrees with as little as three credits that students had to take with us, and frankly, I do it with no credits if their degrees or their credits matched up against one of our degrees. There are a lot of people out there who, for many reasons, have taken college courses over time uh, who don't ultimately get a degree many times because of that, you know, if you want to call it a residency requirement. Most schools require you to take somewhere around half their credits with them uh, in order to grant a degree. And there is no requirement for that. There's no accreditation requirement. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've just kind of adopted the position that if we can help a student uh, to achieve, uh, that we'll do that. And I can tell you that, again, the first one we did was with three credits. Uh, the, we just, uh, the last one uh, that we did was uh, I handed a degree in May of this year uh, to Mark Volk, Jr., my son, who who had accumulated many credits over the years, never had a degree, and it was finally important. And I think he ended up taking 21 credits with us online uh, to finish his degree. 
That's pretty cool. So you're, you've offered to obviously help out here. Um, he's in Ohio from what the news is reporting. So uh, I guess he's thinking about it, but you've offered him something that he can actually uh, use now and perhaps uh, you know put that to good use. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're in the process right now. We've reached out to him. Um, you know, I've, I've exchanged a couple emails with him, put him in touch with our academic folks. We'll, we'll look at all of his credits and try and align them. Actually, you know, I've had faculty members who who have stepped up and said, look, we'll help. We'll do what we can. I think I have an idea on how we can, uh, you know, accommodate uh, what he wants to do with his life in an existing degree path that we have. Uh, and so we'll see where we can go with that. I'm, you know, not sure. It's kind of early for this stage to, to say exactly what we can do. But, you know, I, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, certainly we'll be as generous as we can uh, in accepting his credits and, and aligning them as we do in the past and then see where that takes them. Oh, good. Well, good news uh, to hear that. And uh, again, uh, thank you uh, for your service uh, on this uh, anniversary today. Um, you know, what you did was uh, heroic, although I know that you you know, say, it's what I had to do. We still uh, want to give you thanks for a that. A long and distinguished career as an officer in the United States Army today. The president of Lackawanna College, Mark Volk, was in the Pentagon on September 11, 2001. Mark, thanks for being on the show and sharing your thoughts and memories this morning. Thank you. It's my honor. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 